We're entering into a, a new series uh, through Advent and Christmas seasons. A series is called The Gift of Yes. And we are going to uh, look at some of the, the places in the story that we all hold dear where people said yes, where they could have said no, uh, where things might have gone differently if not for their willingness. And uh, we'll see what we can glean from each of their uh, willingness to say yes and what their yes means for us. Uh, in, in our lives and what it calls us to. Uh, and so today we begin this uh, season with the gift of Mary's yes and a reading from Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Here is the reading from God's holy word. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. God, just as your presence visited with Mary, just as it was so powerful that she was convinced of the calling that you had placed on her life, life, so also may your presence be known to us in this space so that we may know in truth and in fullness the calling that you have placed on our lives to be followers and disciples of your son Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mary says yes to a staggering invitation from God. In one sentence, the angel says, Mary, you are so blessed and so fortunate. God has favored you. And God has favored you so much that now you're going to be pregnant with a child that everyone will wonder about and talk about you behind your back. And this child will disrupt your life, and it will, it will lead you down a path that you couldn't possibly imagine. And it will entail great blessing, but also untold suffering. Mary, you're so blessed. <laughs> right, yes. Mary says yes to being drawn into a singular kind of parenthood. There's parenthood and then there's Mary's motherhood. Her child is her child. 
in the way that all children are, are their mothers, except he really doesn't belong to her. Because as soon as, as she starts to carry him in her womb, there is the promise that he belongs to God and to the world, belongs to everyone. And she will nurture him and raise him and teach him the right ways and feed him and put him to sleep at night and get up when he cries and, t- and potty train him and do all of those things. And then she'll watch him leave. And she'll watch him be under threat constantly. And she will hear him say things and she will see him do things that she could not have possibly imagined. And then she will watch him suffer beyond even the greatest terror that all parents have about outliving their children. And she said, yes. She said, I am your servant. May it be with me as you have said. Mary says yes to a life that is totally, completely disrupted and changed forever. Now contrast Mary's yes to this invitation to how you would respond if I asked you to commit to being somewhere every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. for the next six weeks. Not just the next six weeks, which would be unpleasant, but any six weeks. Every Saturday morning, 9 a.m., we need you to be there. I suppose it would depend on the reason, right? Who's playing? You know, are we going to a game? You know, what's happening? How much does it pay? Who else is going to be there? Will there be food? If you would tell me that this commitment is essential to my faith journey, you would still have to sell me hard on the why and the how, show it to me in the Bible, and even then I may have to just trust in the grace of God and keep my Saturday mornings free. Honestly, the circumstances, for me and I guess for you, would have to be so particular to say yes to even something like that. Contrast it to Mary's yes with that invitation and how, much, how costly it is. My first and immediate reflex is to say no to commitments that are uncertain, open-ended. Well, how long is this job going to be? The nominating committee comes to you. So how long will I have to serve in this, this, uh, this role? We don't know. Sign me up, right? The skill, it's a, some, some saying no to things like this is a skill that comes more naturally uh, to some of us than to others. Uh, some of us have to work at it so that we can keep from being overscheduled and overcommitted and overtired. Somebody once told me about this rule of thumb that if somebody invites you to do something three months from now, you can, should consider whether or not you would do it if the same invitation were this week. Because you think in three months, oh, that's fine, I have nothing going on then. But actually what will happen is that week will be just as busy as the one you're living right now. And So if you wouldn't say yes to it tomorrow, you shouldn't say yes to it in three months. Increasingly, we're well practiced in the art of saying no, especially when commitment is involved. No. But every yes that we say is also a no to something else. And every no that we say is also a yes to something else. The two go hand in hand. We don't often think about the other sides of each of them, but they're there. If I say no to an ongoing Saturday commitment, maybe I'm saying yes to my need for Sabbath rest and togetherness with my family that I would otherwise be missing. If I say yes to the opportunity to serve my church in some capacity, 
then I am saying no to some other things that I could fill my time with that may have less impact on me or my community or on the world. And so we can be astounded at Mary's yes, but it becomes even more profound when we start to think about all the things that Mary is saying no to when she says yes to God. She says, when she says yes to God, she says no to the kind of young life and marriage that she surely would have preferred. To just be married in the traditional way, have her children, raise her family. She says no to all of that stuff when she says yes to God. When she says yes to God, she says no to the basic human need that we all have to be accepted by our community, embraced by the people around us. Because when she says yes to God, that means she's going to be ostracized and cast out from the people that she loves and knows. When she says yes to this kind, to being this kind of mother, she says no to all the traditional hopes and expectations of parenthood that people have when they bring children into the world. When she says yes to God, she gives a kind of consent over her body. She says no to the agency that we all wish we would have over our own lives, over our own bodies. To be able to have openness and possibility in our future. When she accepts this path for her, her, her life, she says yes to one thing and no to a whole host of opportunities and possibilities. Now, of course, she says yes to a holy vocation, to a child that would change the world. She says yes, and as we, if we keep reading in Luke, we hear her song, and, and she says yes to an invitation from God that, to birth this child that she believes has already changed the world. But with yes, when we say yes to some things, we're also always saying no to some other stuff. And I suppose our challenge is to know when and how to say yes or no to the right things. And even to make conscious choices, and I think this is so important and something that very few of us who live in digital suburban lives uh, do. To make conscious choices about what we say yes to and what we say no to and to understanding the implications of when we say yes, because there are certain patterns and expectations of us that are set by the culture around us, and we say yes to some of them without even thinking about it. And without even realizing what saying yes to those things will also mean us saying no to in other areas of our lives. We can fall in line with the rhythms of life around you and accept the standards and the expectations of the culture as if they are a given and as if they're irresistible. But we have choices to say yes or to say no. If I say yes to this commitment for me or for my child, what am I saying no to? And if I say yes to this commitment for me or for my children, am I saying no to Sabbath time? Am I going to have to say no for time for faith and formation in our discipleship? as an individuals and as a family? If we say yes to this, am we going to have to say no to time for us to gather around the table in sacred fellowship? What are the implications of this or that yes or no? If I say no to this for the preservation of a sane pace for our family life, 
am I really costing my child a chance at a scholarship or college admittance? I say yes and I say no. What do my yeses and my noes communicate to the people around me about what's really important in my life? Am I just swept up into a pattern? Am I not making conscious choices? I'm saying yes to this. And then before I know it, I have to say no to something that really does in my heart of hearts matter to me. During the Christmas season, we get all kinds of invitations. Some of them come in the mail, email, the text, phone calls. Hey, we're having a Christmas party. Hey, we're having this gathering. Uh, but some of them are more obvious and clear like that than then some of them are, are a little more subtle and they're a little more shrouded in, in other things. Because we get invited to parties and Christmas stuff, but we get also invited to stores. We get invited to sales. We get invited to mail 50 Christmas cards. We get invited to all of these things that just come along with this time of the year, don't they? We get invited to a certain rhythm and a certain pace of life that may or may not have anything to do with the advent of Christ into the world. And so the gift of Mary's yes, I think, is the gift of knowing what's worth saying yes to. Because Mary's yes is ultimately yes to making God present in the world. That's what Mary says yes to. I am going to bring God into the world so that the world may know the depth of God's love for it. And her yes is not a metaphorical yes, a spiritual yes. It's a bodily yes. Because soon enough her belly's going to start growing, isn't it? And this yes that she has given has flesh and blood and it's going to require her to put her whole self into it. It's a yes that offers her very body to the purposes of God. Now, I've only had secondhand experience of this. But one of the implications of motherhood, it seems to me, is that for some period of time, your body is no longer yours. I hear, I've heard women say from time to time, I'm just glad to have my body back. They don't mean their figure. They mean ownership of their bodies. That it's theirs. Because for however long, somebody else is growing in it. And then after that, somebody else is being sustained by it. And so when Mary gives over, she says yes, she gives her body over to making God present in the world. And so if we are to receive the gift of Mary's yes, I think the question is, how is God calling us to make God present in the world? And realizing that if we will say yes to God's invitation to make Christ present in the world, then that's a bodily thing. I don't do it just in my heart, in my mind. I do it by where I show up and the choices that I make and the people that I help and the causes that I stand for and the principles that I live out. And it's not just... It's not just in my heart or in my mind, it's in the choices that I make every day, the yes and the no that I make every day. Do they reflect where I want my whole body to be, making Christ present into the world? And so I want to invite each one of you
to say yes to making conscious choices in this season. At least stop and think about before you say yes or you say no. If I say yes, why am I saying yes? If I say no, then what else, what am I going to say yes to instead? Maybe some things that you've always said yes to, you might say no to this year because you're going to say yes to some things that mean something, that have lasting value, that will make Christ present in the world. This is what Mary does. She gives her body over so that the world will know the depth of God's love. How are you invited and called to give yourself over to making Christ present in the world?